0: Wake up in the morning, make your two sloppy eggs Find a piece of cheese and put it on some bread Have a cup of joe, and the next thing that you know It's time for you to hit the road Make my day, I like it in the morning Make my day, and even in the afternoon
1: All right, everybody, welcome back to Make My Day. I'm so happy to have you here. We have a really special episode. We have Jonathan Horstman on the show. Jonathan is the creator of Just Thought You Should Know, a video series bringing light to various issues. We're going to talk about a Return to civil discourse and the case for nonviolence. Things have been a little frickin' funky lately. There's a lot of craziness going on in the country, what with the lockdowns, the police killings of black Americans, the protests, um, there's a lot of stuff and things seem to be escalating pretty quickly. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that and I I hope you find the conversation uh, helpful and and useful. yeah, how are you guys doing? There's a lot of stuff going on as 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 I uh, said. Uh, we had a debate uh, last night uh, against uh, with Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Uh, they uh, also had a Chris Wallace there and he he helped talk about the biggest issues, and he was he moderated because they got it got a little uh, feisty, it got a little, you know. But things usually get feisty when you put two inter- intellectual juggernauts in a room together. Uh, some of the biggest intellectual juggernauts we've had on the presidential debate stage in maybe four years. Uh, so it, it, there's a lot to talk about uh, with that, and I, I hope it wasn't too disheartening. I know it was a little bit wild, wet and wild last night. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was intense. Uh, I had to watch it, uh, with the sound off and with a with blindfold on. So, yeah, but, you know, you know, afterwards I sat down, and I sat down with myself, and I sat down with a nice chamomile tea, and I, I sat down with a nice candle lit, uh, next to me, and my journal, and my binky, and a blanket, and I, uh, and I just, I just sat with myself, and I took some notes, I said, how you feeling, Marcus? How you feeling? You feeling okay? you feeling good? And then I wrote down yes. And then, I, and then I said, well, that's good. And I wrote that back. And then it got a little spooky because I was just like asking myself, it was like a Q&A, but, but with two of me almost as if I was an interdimensional being or having a conversation with an interdimensional being. Maybe that's what they call channeling. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to look it up. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, we got a great episode for you, as I said, but uh, before we get started, let's go ahead and hit some sports. The Texas Longhorns pulled off a miraculous comeback, uh, scoring 15 points in the last three minutes of the game, recovering an onside kick, and winning it in overtime against Texas Tech. Uh, It's always good to beat the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, Other than that, I guess what we got is an NBA Finals matchup of the Miami Heat versus the the LeBron James, we'll have to see how that goes. All right, guys, well, we gotta keep the lights on here at MMD Studios, so let's go ahead and take a word from one of our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Depends, high-performance fit, maximum absorbency, with three sizes and ultra-soft fabric for long-lasting comfort. Depends is your choice for politically-induced incontinence. Depends has a comfortable design with trusted protection. Fast absorbing material for dry, comfortable incontinence protection. Depends is more flexible to move with you. Comfortable leg elastics to prevent leaks. I would never endorse something I haven't tried. And I'll tell you right here, I wear Depends all the time. Works great and it saves me a ton of time by skipping unnecessary and inconvenient trips to the bathroom. Depends, because everyone is shitting their pants. All right, well, why don't we go ahead and take some calls before the interview? It might be nice to take the pulse of the American public, of the audience. Uh, Caller number one, you're on Make My Day.
0: Hey, Marcus, it's me, Barry McLean, and I had a question about the debate. Is there any way we can fact-check whether Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Biden actually had ear pierces? Mm. And, uh, you know, I mean, to be honest, I I think he's pumped full performance and Mm -hmm. answers. I
1: I don't think it's a fair
0: shot. Mm. Uh, Thanks
1: a lot. I'll hang up and Mm -hmm. listen. Yeah, well, thanks, Barry. I appreciate the call. Yeah, what I saw on the Internet was that independent fact-checkers went in and and did a, a doping of joe biden's ear pierces and i don't think he had any Uh, i couldn't see him on my video screen and in terms of the performance enhancing drugs we got to stop we got to stop passing along these conspiracy theories remember sammy sosa uh mark mcguire it turned out that they didn't they weren't taking anything they weren't taking anything what they were doing was playing with corked bats and that's how they hit a home run you know i'm not gonna say joe biden hit it out of the park. Uh, last night, but he I think he he did okay. I think he did okay. and I think the American people saw that. So thanks, Barry, thanks for the call. Caller number two, we're listening.
0: Yeah. Hey, Marcus. Hey. It's me, Jill Barron. Oh, hey. And, uh, I just had a question for you and it's really not that political uh-huh. to me. It's, okay. it's decided Chris Wallace mm. is a hunk and I <laughs> love the way he looks mm-hmm. and I love the way he talks mm-hmm. and I liked how he kept everyone in, uh, in control. Yeah, sure. It, for a second there, it was mm-hmm. as if they were going back and forth and oh, I yeah. was like, whoa, what the heck? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I just want to say I, I, I'm grateful that we had, we had a good time, uh, good,
1: Time to uh, watch some Chris Wallace. I'll uh, hang him and listen. Thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, thanks, Jill. Uh, I, I got to give it to you. C- Chris, Chris, to me, he was the standout performance last night. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, a nice looking guy. I'll say that easy on the eyes. I love the way his voice has a nice baritone and it, c- it just commands the audience's attention. And as you rightly said, when they were going back and forth, he seemed to sound a bell of reason and bring people back to earth so that this conversation can be for the American people and not to stroke the egos of the candidates. Thanks so much for the call, Jill. All right, everybody, today we have Jonathan Horseman on the show. He is a filmmaker, a musician, and a father, now a father of two children, just recently had a baby. Uh, I noticed also he caught my attention with his new video series, Just Thought You Should Know. Jonathan, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well, brother. How are you?
1: I'm pretty good. um, I'm on my second cup of coffee. Taking this one slow, though. You know, I've learned uh, that you can really do some damage with over-caffeination. I'm trying to have a good day, not a bad day, and the weather's really nice, so
2: I want to enjoy that. Yeah, the weather today is surprisingly nice. I think I know there's a cold front coming in, so I kind of bundled up and was ready for a little bit of a chill, and that was a bad idea.
1: Well, I think I think we're we're hitting that Austin sweet spot in terms of the weather, you know, and uh, and I'm looking forward to more of these kind of days.
2: Yeah, Austin kind of teaches you that, uh, like appreciating impermanence a little bit because there are so few little nice days here and there. Like the sweet spot is so short.
1: Mm hmm. I mean, it's like two months, maybe something like that, you know. Um, yeah. So. uh How's how's having a, another uh, kid? We were just talking about that off air.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, so having one sort of, you know, like hones your focus a little bit and you kind of cut out all the things that, you, that really aren't serving you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like number two, like definitely continues honing that focus. But now it's like instead of cutting out, like now I'm trying to add... Very carefully add the things that I need to sustain myself uh, because Mm -hmm. otherwise um, you just yeah I don't know otherwise I'm just like a robot like dad who's like not sleeping and just keeping his kids alive and like not really being fulfilled at all you know I mean fatherhood is incredibly fulfilling but it's for sure yeah we there's other levels that we need fulfillment and we have to be careful to make sure that we're adding those things
1: yeah you have to keep gas in your tank to be able to take care of everybody else right exactly yeah and you do a lot of stuff i uh you know when i'm looking over your facebook page it's just kind of like a million different things that you're the host of or partner of or you know leading all of these sorts of things um so you have a lot of stuff on your plate
2: yeah, I um so I actually got was recently diagnosed with uh with bipolar disorder and uh OCD, which is mm-hmm. great. Um and I think it was just kind of like emotionally Oh, things were flaring up because of the COVID and also like other people's reactions to COVID, I think. And then the kind of like conversations around race that we're having. Um, Mm -hmm. My mental health just got really bad there for a second. And um, the diagnosis really helped. Like it's mild OCD and it's mild bipolar disorder, but it was definitely nice to know, oh, okay, this is what's happening. But one of the things that I do, like a coping mechanism, and especially when I'm having like a, not a manic episode, but when I'm like having an up, is I'll start a new project. Um, I'll find Mm. something that needs to happen and I'll just like start a project. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that'll create a lot more stress when I'm feeling down. But what I'm learning to do is kind of form teams around some of the ideas that are more sustainable so that I'm not the only person working on it. Um, and so now some of the some of the projects I have, you know groups of people who all have the same vision and want to make something happen, and I just kind of help guide the conversation. and I still end up doing most of the work now just because all of these things are very brand new. I started a lot of things just this summer.
1: yeah, for sure. like I said in as I was introducing you, uh, there's. It seemed like you just started this uh, Just Thought You Should Know video series, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's really nice. It's really well done. It's good production value. Uh, I think you have a, a background in, in film and film editing, right? You're a filmmaker.
2: That's correct, yeah. Yeah.
1: So um, one the video that particularly st- caught my eye uh, was the, the video, the case for nonviolence. Um, and I've noticed you've been talking about that a little bit more on your page and trying to create more uh, civil, civil discourse, um, and then I also scrolled down a little bit more, and, and actually at the top of your page is a quote from the Movement for Civil Discourse that I think you uh, maybe founded. Um, it is necessary for members of a civilized society to be able to disagree without escalation. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, these messages and, and why you're starting to focus on these particularly right now?
2: Yeah, so... I feel like with everything that's going on right now in our country um, and I don't think that I'm alone in feeling very powerless at times um, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it seems like your only options you know if you listen to the news media then it seems that your only options are being left or right you know and you have to be a hundred percent about whichever side you choose and you gotta be really gung-ho about it and ready to Mm -hmm. like defend it to the death you know and so like your options are either like getting active in a way that might be unsustainable. Um, and I, I've just seen the the way that people are talking to each other and people that who have opinions that I agree with, you know, I think the way that we're going about it is really detrimental to the actual message. It's like if you were marching for peace, but you're, you know, waging war at the same time. You can't, yeah. you can't fight war for peace, you know? And I don't know what it looks like to create peace for peace. I don't I don't know what that looks like. But the idea behind the movement for civil discourse is like maybe if we can get enough, like not bipartisan, but enough people who can keep a cool enough head while debating some of this stuff, if we can get enough of those people together to say one, we aren't going to like escalate things to a violent place. Depend like no matter what happens in November and in January because we're in a very contested election year uh, uh-huh. So one is to say like, you know, we're gonna remain civil towards people on the quote other side like no matter what um, but also um, Maybe we can actually figure out some solutions if we stop just yelling at each other and actually, you know, try to work together so for me, it's uh, the reason I'm focusing on non-violence um, as little sense as it kind of makes, uh, is just because I have to feel like I'm doing something positive. Um, fighting, fighting just doesn't feel positive anymore. And calling yeah. out everybody who says something wrong or does something wrong, like I'm all about <clears throat> holding people accountable and people like being politically correct in their speech and not being harmful or abusive. I, I'm all for that, but I also think mm-hmm. that there's a way that we need to go about it that that actually brings people into your fold, like brings people around to your side not um not just ingrains them further in hate really you know
1: yeah well and it and it seems to be if if the conversational tone is going to persist as it has it's just really reinforcing people's uh, already held beliefs which doesn't do much to move the conversation along
2: no everyone's really digging in you can hear my daughter coco right now She. Mm-hmm. Hey baby, um, <laughs> let me give her a little binky. Hold on, smart. Um, there, I, so there's this book called Cry, uh, "Hate Inc." by Matt Taibbi. He's a reporter for Rolling Stone. Yeah. And um, he writes about the the trouble that arises when. Um, actually, can can you hold just one second? I'm, sure. I need to sure. make her a bottle. It'll just be like thirty seconds. Groovy, you still there?
1: Yep. All right. So you're just talking about, uh, what is it, Hate Inc., Matt
2: Taibbi? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Hate Inc., Matt Taibbi wrote it. He's a reporter for Rolling Stone, and he talks Mm -hmm. about the dangers in um, when we start painting the opposition as what he calls Hitler. So more than just making the the obvious comparisons that people make between um, Donald Trump and a fascist leader, The idea of like calling the opposition Hitler is basically just like framing it like they are Like the supporters of the other side are so lost that they need to be defeated rather than than like any other option, right? Like like compromise is not an option. It, It must be utterly Defeated and I get it like with fascism like I totally get it but the problem is that we conflate modern conservatism and even like farther right leaning that isn't necessarily white supremacy we conflate mm-hmm. that with fascism and, and yeah. so we're like everyone who's even anywhere near that essentially must die Yeah, like when you start calling them Hitler like that's what you're saying like we have this obsession with like killing Hitler um, in yeah. America like if you could go back in time like would you kill Hitler like it's a thing it's like killing Hitler we never say like how could Hitler be rehabilitated and I'm not like arguing for that I'm not like a Nazi sympathizer or anything right no sure but like but like when we start presenting the opposition as Hitler the only it will evolve into the other side must die and yeah that's how other people are thinking of liberals too like it's it's just not acceptable for me to to I I feel like we've we're frogs in the water and it's been boiling and we are accepting things now that Eight years ago four years ago. We would have there's no way we would accept what's going on right now Um, Mm -hmm. but it's just kind of been this slow thing and uh, Yeah, it's probably a powder keg. It's probably gonna get way worse before it gets better But while that happens, I would like to to you know decide that I'm going to try to keep a cool head even even when my life is on is in danger even when like my my body and the bodies of other people of color are being incarcerated at at you know ungodly rates and we have mm-hmm. a serious police brutality issue you know i think mm-hmm. i think my anger is justified but my my choosing to be peaceful is justified as well and i think i'd like to see more people doing that
1: yeah absolutely and i I think one of the things that we often forget is that when we get angry that vibration that energy is being held within us as well so it's not really a good feeling to have it might be energizing but it's not it's not some a state you want to stay in perpetually
2: i love that it it is absolutely energizing that's that's a really good point and i think that's why Mm -hmm. we hold on to that there's like a dopamine release almost you know and especially when we've been isolated and then you're able to be angry with so many other people who like have that in common with you, there's this feeling yeah. of community and it's righteous anger too. So like, why wouldn't you let go of that feeling?
1: Mm-hmm. It's giving a lot of people a sense of purpose in a time, especially where a lot of people feel purpose less with, uh, you know, life being so disrupted with uh, COVID lockdowns and stuff like that. So maybe um, let's talk about some like practical ideas and how to bring this sort of message to uh, different groups or maybe even different sides of the conversation. And uh, if it's okay, maybe we can start with how you would share this idea or discuss this idea with people who feel really emotional in their opposition to Trump and his supporters.
2: You know, that is where my growing edge is Mm -hmm. because I have I have so and i need to practice what i preach but i have like so little patience for folks that consider themselves progressive and are just shooting progressive ideas and causes in the foot yeah (laughs) um the way that i talk to them i think is just is what i'm doing um creating these videos where i can kind of spell out my entire argument you know there's there's something to be said for having you know five to eight minutes of just uninterrupted thought that that can that can be shared and i can form an argument and kind of anticipate rebuttals and things like that um and then just kind of hope that people share it i know that one of my first videos was talking about you know how to talk to people on the other side from you you know and how we need to Mm -hmm. we need to to kind of calm down a little bit and and ask ourselves if if we're talking to them in a way that's inviting them to understand what we're saying or if we're just like talking down to them and i had a couple of people message me letting me know that like they had reached out to multiple people um through their like social media feeds or whatnot that they actually were able to like full-on like reach and i don't know like if they're who they're voting for or anything like that but it was deeper than them just being like okay cool agree to disagree like they had a a life-changing discussion. And I think that's really what it takes for, I mean, whether you're talking about racism or patriarchy or any sort of any sort of like social justice cause, the only mm-hmm. way for somebody to wake up to the oppression that other people are feeling is by having like a deep spiritual experience. It's not just yeah. gonna be through like a, a chat, you know? And I mean, mm-hmm. conversations can facilitate that. But we have to be open to it, and it's not going to happen when we're screaming at each other.
1: Yeah, and forgetting that the person on the other side of you is a human being, also. Yeah. Um. So let's do the other side. Is uh, how how would you approach talking to to a Trump supporter? Is it would that be any different?
2: Um, a little bit, a little bit. I think a Trump supporter. I think the first thing I would do is is acknowledge that their fears are real um and even if i disagree with them being founded uh Mm -hmm. or you know being based on reality i can acknowledge that if i was feeling the fear that that they were feeling that i might make the same decisions now sure that might be hard to say and maybe i might not believe that and maybe i'll just say it but I think it's important to try to put ourselves in other people's shoes. One of the things that we're doing with the Movement for Civil Discourse is we're actually going to have template emails um, that people can copy and paste and change some hmm. of the text um, to reach out to family members and, and people who are important to them who they think have, um, who are kind of being harmful around the discourse. Um, sure. That's that's a resource that I'm really excited to, to share. Um, and that just comes from, I asked some people to send me um, what they've said to people <laughs> and, yeah. and so we're kind of like, uh, the team that's working on that, we're kind of putting something together where we're gonna have some template emails. Um, but that's a really good question because my, my parents are Trump supporters and I've been wondering how I'm gonna talk to them to, because I really want them to sign on. There's like a pledge, mm-hmm. this dignity pledge that we're gonna have people uh, say on, on their Instagram stories and like hashtag it or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, I really, really want to get video of my parents who we disagree so strongly on some things. I think it would be really powerful to get them to say like, yeah, we don't need to get violent. We don't need to escalate things. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't I know that, what that's, that's going to look like. And that, that might be a, um, sorry, I likely will make that a Just Thought You Should Know episode. Um, yeah. We'll be talking to my parents about, <laughs> about Donald Trump.
1: I think that'd be great. I mean, I think those conversations are happening all around the country and and unfortunately, like in political seasons like this, I'm, I've been hating to see how families are kind of getting pushed apart by stuff like this. So um, one of the things that I think would be useful is to talk about how to maybe keep calm when you're in one of those conversations, because I find that often emotions start to really kind of um, come up and i've i felt it personally um i'll tense up you know and it feels like all of a sudden we're talking about me versus you rather than discussing the idea at hand um do you have any ideas on how to how to deal with your emotions in those sorts of situations
2: well i think it's it's there's a um it's a two-way street right so there's Mm -hmm. before going into a conversation like that i think you have to like enter into a social contract with the person that you're talking with like because if it's just an acquaintance and somebody whose like opinion doesn't really matter to you then then do you even need to be having that conversation in the first place right if it's going to be bringing you if it's going to be bringing you so much like making you so upset that you can't control yourself and control what you're saying. And then yeah. if you are talking to somebody who, you know, you have to have this conversation or, you know, it's a loved one or something like that, then I think you have to enter into a contract with each other where you're like, "I we know that we have different opinions about this, but we're not gonna take it personally. And I don't think it needs to be kind of spelled out in that way, but it's like, if in your mind, you kind of pretend like you both have a contract. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe that could help you know um but i think it's important for us to protect ourselves from you know being sort of like um victimized like r- constantly by by a sort of belligerent um uh uh i guess i don't want to just say narrative again but do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there's well,
1: it's like a protocol you know
2: yeah like i got called what was it man i i said Back when I was commenting on people's things (laughs) somebody responded like I'd said something about like responsible gun control or something like that and Mm -hmm. Somebody was like, okay soy boy and it was just Mm -hmm. like That's that's where we're at that's where we're at like You could you could write a very thoughtful like waste your time writing a very thoughtful paragraph um, Just to be like just called a name and it's like you won't get that time of your life back you know yeah so i don't think i don't think i'm an advocate for like walking around and like trying to change everybody's mind like at all but like yeah are, are you are you nervous at all about like thanksgiving not
1: so much uh i don't know we get along pretty well even if we disagree about things um i know uh a lot of people are nervous about Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think I think uh, I think everybody should just use COVID as an excuse to just stay as far away as possible from their, from their families.
1: Yeah, well, and that's going to be after the election too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what do you, What do you think about how uh, election results are almost inevitably going to be prolonged? I think that that's going to cause some
2: unrest. Uh, do you? Yes, I do. And for me, um, I am outside of probably scripting a video about it. Um, I'm trying to keep myself thinking about absolutely anything else. (laughs) Yeah. Because, Because we have, you and I, it's doubtful that we in our lives will ever have the political power to be able to act on all of the horrible things that we're exposed to during the 24-hour news cycle. Yeah, know? absolutely. But it's there it's there to to make us feel like we are doing something by staying informed, which is really a falsehood because staying informed is really I mean it's important for us to stay informed, but then like this idea of like the next story in the saga and being hooked to it you know it's just it's just our stories it's our soaps it's just our modern day soap operas um -hmm. and that's not to that's not to negate the experience of anyone who's being affected negatively by these horrific policies that this administration has been enacting and the executive Mm -hmm. orders um that's not to negate those experiences but i think it's important for us to look at what is it that we actually can change Um, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of my issue with like QAnon and, and, you know, conspiracy theorists and stuff like that, is that like, we're spending all of our energy and effort, like not we, they are spending all their energy and effort, um, not really doing a damn thing about anything. Mm -hmm. And like, there are so many small issues that we actually like can change that we can, um, see our effect on if we act locally and that makes yeah. that has a ripple effect you know there, it's more than just showing up to a march you know and it's funny because like everybody wants to like if we're, we're such lemmings like everyone's like okay yeah we gotta i'm gonna donate to the movement for black lives like awesome super awesome but also mm-hmm. who's doing that work in your in your neighborhood Like. Donate to the Austin Justice Coalition donate to the people who are doing work right where you live and get involved Go to the zoom meetings and you know like educate Uh yourself Because yeah, everyone wants to be a part of something much larger Um, And I, I think that might yeah, that might be a part of why I'm doing what I'm doing so that I can try to form communities of people who are concerned who can tackle um I was going to say tackle, you know, manageable issues, but I, I don't really think any of these issues are manageable.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's sort of how I feel too. And um, in regards to your um, analogy about our, our 24-hour news cycle being kind of like our soaps, it does sort of feel, if you take a really zoomed out perspective, it feels like in some ways they're offering a stimulus that then is... Uh, fought over on social media between actual humans and sometimes i just have a hard time not thinking that we're being sort of agitated on purpose um which i know that runs into the conspiracy world a little bit but um but I, I do find it frustrating that it does seem like both sides are being played off of each other.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not just conspiracy though, too, because it's it's well documented that there are you know foreign actors who have been interfering in our elections and have been you know purchasing store like ads on Facebook and making fake Facebook groups and fake accounts that will write stories just to get people talking. You know, like mm-hmm. it's definitely that's real. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like. It's coming at you. It's coming at us from inside and from outside and basically like nobody wants Americans to get along Yeah, and I just I just don't buy that the average American really wants to hate another American I, I don't Absolutely. you know what I mean? I don't think the average American wants that I think the average American Really wants us to get some sense of normalcy and for things to like chill out a little bit Yeah but we also have a two-party system where it's kind of about you know going not going as far to one side as the other but like really digging in and just painting uh-huh you know your entire platform is basically the other guy sucks
1: yeah exactly and now it literally is it's it's just ad hominem attacks
2: <laughs> yeah yeah it's almost i know you are but what am i and it's yeah it's uh I don't. It, it's setting a horrible example for people, and there is the issue of like you know very bad actors being emboldened, and and that that's definitely real too. But I, mm-hmm. I think it's also I think it goes on both sides of the aisle, man. I think that, that yeah. uh, progressives have gotten a lot nastier and a lot more base oh. animal instinct with things, and it just it doesn't. Um, the party of intellectuals doing that, it just it's not a good look, you know.
1: Well. It- and, like, where does it go? Like, it it seems like, you know, we're going to have more elections if the country continues to exist. We need to scale back the intensity of these conversations and, and, like you're saying, return to civil discourse so that we can actually have real conversations about how this world should be run, how this country should be run, how our states and cities should be run.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I mean we're also we're complex people, and so like we don't vote like our, our our um our ideas about the the quote unquote political issues don't always line up completely with a party.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I wonder like where the space is for those people, you know? like you get hate from your own party if you're if so if you're like, Anti-abortion, but you're otherwise you're total progressive. Like, that's a very isolating place to be, you know. Yeah. Um, if you're pro-gun but you're progressive, that's a very isolating place to be. Um, mm-hmm. The the flip side for for conservatives. Sorry, I, I'm. I know she's probably ruining the audio. <laughs> yeah, I think she's just going to need my undivided attention for a little bit. That's totally okay. I think we
1: got plenty of stuff. Um why don't we take just a sec to let her calm down and then we'll get some of your uh you know social stuff so that people can start to follow Most
2: definitely. I appreciate that.
1: Are you posting those videos on um anywhere else but Facebook besides Facebook? Oh, uh, YouTube. Oh, okay, great.
2: Yeah, so I started started a full on YouTube channel and that was um I regretted it the second I did it, man. <laughs> The first one I posted was the Garrett Foster case. So,
1: oh gosh, yeah. If, if
2: your listeners aren't aren't familiar, Garrett Foster is a protester who was at a uh, like a a Black Lives Matter kind of ally uh, protest in Austin, and he was shot by a motorist. And there's a lot of it. Basically, like the whole community just like split down the middle, like. And this was this doing this video is part of the reason why I was like, man, we need to be able to, to talk about these things because there's a lot of information that was not really known, right? But yeah, but progressives were instantly like, oh, he's a hero, he's a martyr, and conservatives yeah. were instantly like, he got what he deserved. And and yeah. it's so funny for people to say that without knowing what the hell even happened, you know? Yeah, and making the their mind up immediately, immediately, and then anything that they hear in the news that doesn't confirm their bias uh is fake news they ignore yeah yeah the man i if 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 anything if donald trump if there is a heaven and a hell if there is is if we at the end of our lives have to answer for the decisions that we made if there's anything that donald trump needs to be held accountable for it is bringing the idea of fake news into the mainstream american consciousness because once we were mm. able to say that Facts were alternative, and, well, these are my facts. Objective truth went out the window, and now we're living in 1984. Like, it's, I I really, I think so much bad has come just from those two words put together. It's sort of like just saying soy boy at the end of
1: your uh, well-thought-out Facebook post
2: yeah oh right so yeah that, that that's kind of like what happened on youtube man the comment section just like i had to like ask people to like please go into the comment section on youtube and like write something because it is just like a hornet's nest right now it was so wild and i thought that i gave a pretty unbiased um take on it take on what happened just based on the people that i had talked to uh and what yeah. and i reported what but both sides were saying, and you know, but man, um, and then it's, it's people like expect because you're making videos that like, you're supposed to be unbiased or something like that. Like I got a lot of hate for like having an opinion and it was like, mm-hmm. I never claimed in this, in this video series that I wouldn't have opinions about things. It's practically well, that, what so it is. That's
1: this is one of the things that I think is really dangerous about right now, is that because of the, the nature of speech, the nature of these conversations, there are tons of people who don't want to engage in conversations anymore, because they're afraid of getting attacked, you know, afraid of getting shut down. I think that that, that is really hindering and stunting uh, the conversation in this country.
2: Yeah, and they're afraid to ask questions. People who, like, don't Uh understand, who are like, okay, I just, I really don't get the white privilege thing. They are, like, afraid Uh to ask questions because if they, if they write that on their Facebook, like, werewolves, like, progressive werewolves Uh will bare their teeth and make them feel like they are the worst person, the worst, like, most uneducated, when really all they need is for somebody to just, like, really to, like, just call them. You know, to DM them. Mm-hmm. I think too many of our conversations are happening in the in a freaking comment section where everybody's like kind of flexing out because they know other people are gonna read their comments. And so they're not even really <laughs> commenting on to you. They're trying to like win in the in the you know, the court of public opinion, win like yeah. f- social nasty points. I don't know. I don't yeah. know.
1: Um, okay, cool. So I think this has been a really great conversation. Uh, something that's really useful to hear and for my audience to hear. Um, before we sign off, do you want to talk about some of the other stuff you're working on and where people can find you and and hear more about what's
2: going on? Totally. So we have um there it's the movement for civil discourse is the word the and then the letters mfcd.org, dot org. so the mfcd dot org. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really spells out what the whole idea behind the movement is and how people can get involved We are still looking for collaborators contributors and um, fellow organizers And there's there's ways to sort of sign up to do stuff like that on the site um, My videos uh, just thought you should know that's uh, facebook.com slash just thought you should know um, There's also the YouTube channel that I believe is just Jonathan K. Horstman. That might just be my name and um, We have, I'm launching a podcast called Spoken and Heard, um, just kind of audio essays. uh, Deals mostly with uh, mental health and activism um, and the different ways that that kind of affects us and ways to take care of ourselves uh, Mm -hmm. in a really strange world that doesn't really prioritize mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm kind of, I'm a musician, but I've been taking kind of a break from that and really focusing on supporting other artists with my filmmaking. Um, I haven't felt super inspired by live streams and things like that, at least on my part. So I've been helping other people. Yeah, I've been helping other people create interesting live streams, um, thinking outside the box. And um, I just released, uh, I'm gonna be releasing a documentary that I did last year called La Resistencia. It's about uh, Resistencia books um, on Cesar Chavez, or it was on Cesar Chavez. They were priced out, their rent was like Mm. doubled. Um, And so they were basically gentrified out of their spot. And so I kind of followed them for a short documentary, follow them um, that process and finding a new spot. Mm. Um, And uh, working on a doc about black Austin musicians and the history of of black music in Austin, which that should be really cool. I think we have probably another another month or two of production on that. Nice. Yeah, right now I think just just movement for civil discourse or just like finding me on Facebook is the best way to stay in touch.
1: Awesome. Sweet. Well Jonathan, thanks so much for coming
2: on. Yeah. Marcus, thanks so much for having me.
1: All right, everybody, that's going to have to do it for today's episode. I really appreciate y'all listening. Special thanks to our sponsor, Depends. Uh, if you want to reach out to the show, make makemydayshow at gmail.com is a great way to reach me. Also, I'm trying to tweet more because I heard it's good for your uh, mental health, and it's uh, at Marcus Brown. Uh, the O is a zero. I'd love to tweet, at, uh, tweet with you. Um, yeah, and I hope you guys are doing well, and I hope you have... A great weekend and a great life after the weekend as well. All right, bye-bye.
0: Wake up in the morning, make you two sloppy eggs. Find a piece of cheese and put it on some bread. Have a cup of joe and the next thing that you know, it's time for you to hit the road. Make my day, I like it in the morning. Make the afternoon make my day. Sometimes in the evening Make my day. And even when I'm sleeping soon live my
2: Too many of our conversations are happening in the freaking comment section.